Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Binge Town TV. This is Brian here with Paul. And today we are going to be covering the second episode of season six of the Adult Swim show, Rick and Morty. And right off the bat, we will rip this bandaid off right now. PD producer Dave is unable to make the recording tonight. So it's just going to be me and Paul today. Uh, shout out, Dave. We love you, man. A little bit of a six bell. So yeah, hopefully, hopefully you get better, Dave. Sorry about episode one being a little bit late, too. We were a little uh, busy, so episode one got released. But this should be dropping very soon after episode two airs. Um, episode two was great. Again, we kind of talked about this last episode. Right now, the attitude is, all right, canon backstory, you know, real heavy into the, the long-term effects of the show. We're going to dissect everything. Silly, goofy ones like this, not a whole lot to say. I mean, it was entertaining, really, really cool concept. It's like a, it's just basically like a cool Twilight episode, uh, Twilight Zone like theme for an episode. It's, it's just a cool way of looking at it, like a white mirror or black mirror, white mirror. Yeah, okay. And I, I feel like, as far as the fence goes, for people who love like classic Rick and Morty like episodes like this and the people who are just like come on give us more lore like Luke is an extremist on that end I feel like you are also on that side of the fence I can hear I, it in your yeah. tone you're like ah oh, we're back to the old shit I mean I I don't want everything to be that like suspenseful and and everything needs to matter because then you can't do out and do like super goofy freedom stuff like that I used to do in the beginning so like the more shows that they i'm sorry the more episodes that they create like uh it, it just be harder and harder to to keep that same free flow feel so um i don't really mind it i i just get excited when backstory episodes come up because you know there's quite answers to questions we might have had for a long time and usually their callbacks and callbacks are just like my favorite thing I will say, though, you can usually pick up within the first minute, two minutes of the show, what kind of episode you're dealing with. And you almost prepare for the rest of the episode differently. Like when those credits drop, you're like, all right, this is just going to be some classic Rick and Morty bullshit. That said, you were saying callbacks and stuff, and it's always nice to have some lore. Uh, this episode was not without its lore because it revolves around the premise of Roy, a life well lived. And the entire episode actually takes place within Blitz, Blitz and Chips. Yeah. Yes. And <laughs> I mean, and as far as these kinds of episodes go, I, for one, love these kinds of episodes. That's what Rick and Morty is. That's what made the entire fan base fall in love with it. Let's be honest. Uh, I thought as far as these episodes go, it was really, really funny. I was chuckling the whole time. It also reminded me that I certainly have to watch Die Hard again. So I intend to do that probably around the Christmas season. But a lot of the jokes were landing. I thought the concept of being trapped inside a simulation or just a video game in general, I think it was pretty effective for me. And they did some cool things with it throughout the episode. But uh, in your opinion, as far as this kind of an episode goes, how would you judge it relative to others of this same kind? Um, so it's funny if you didn't see Die Hard, <clears throat> you know, a lot of summer storyline might just be like kind of cool or whatever, you know, the, all the action and shooting. But if you have seen it, all the little references they do to the actual thing is just so money. And it just makes it so much 
uh, more enjoyable um, to yeah. understand the, just just like little lines and stuff. Like some are talking to herself as she's like putting together like the weapons and running around silently. Like John McClane does that all the time. Um, the Nakatomi paradigm is just awesome. Obviously, um, the name of the the giant tower that Die Hard takes place in is the Nakatomi Plaza. So that uh, honestly, I know most of this just from Brooklyn Nine Nine because of Jake yeah. Peralta loves Die Hard. Um, <clears throat> so it's just so enjoyable. It, it reminds me of Family Guy doing the Star Wars episodes because if you if you see those episodes. Insane little tiny references just from scene transitions that might be like a little funny. Like it's so mirrored in in the uh, satirical episode. It's so good. Well, that's a credit to I was just looking it up. Dan Harmon. This is one of if not his favorite movie. And he actually paid homage to it in community with like the paintball episode. I think one of them is just Die Hard playing out. Yeah. Uh, so I'll he bet. is like a super fan. So he would get like every single detail, right? It's perfect. And um, it's funny that it takes place in Roy. Like, like Roy was such a fan favorite, even though it was just a small part of uh, Morty Night Run. I'm pretty sure is what it was. Uh, and it, the episode is so good, but Blitz and Chips and Roy, for some reason, stick out the most for everybody, and especially Roy. So to bring it back into it, it was so funny. And it's it was hard to, or it's easy to forget, I should say, that Rick lived an entire lifetime in this episode. I mean, Morty did too, but Morty yeah. was split into five bit billion. For sure. Yeah. Um, so Rick was literally in Roy living an entire lifetime trying to get these pieces of Morty back together. And it reminded me of for the magician fans out there, a little bit of the mosaic episode. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> to be fair though, every time you choose to play Roy, you are living out an entire lifetime. Yeah. It's nuts. It's <laughs> it is nuts. I kind of kept asking myself, would you want to play Roy if you knew like it would feel like an actual lifetime, but it would only be like an hour of your actual time. Like, would I, you choose to do that? I feel like I, I would probably would. I don't think I would be able to handle it, man. When I wake up from dreams that I think are real, it did. I, sometimes I take like five minutes to recover. I couldn't imagine like uh, an entire <laughs> lifetime and then waking up. That'd be crazy. All right. Well, Taking us into Roy, uh, kind of the first scene we get is a shopkeep yelling at local youths using generic like terms like, oh, what kind of skateboard moves you want to do? The rad ones. That's what. But they are approached by a, a kid dressed like Morty that isn't Morty, who has a flyer saying, have you heard the good news? Your grandpa's looking for you. And flash forward to the pep rally that the kids chose to go to. And it is Rick assuming the player character of Roy preaching to the masses, just trying to drum up uh, attention to the fact that they are actually his grandson split into one five billionth portions and splintered excuse me, whose uh, personality has splintered into every single non-playable character in the game. And they're dumb because they're one five billionth of Morty. So it takes them a while to get it. But that's that's the shtick that we're dealing with here. Yeah, the, I'm, I'm actually your grandfather. I'm sorry, 
you're all my grandson rally, I think is what was on yes. the fly. And it was funny because when the episode started, the shopkeeper comes out and starts yelling. And I was like, oh, that's Morty's voice. But, you know, sometimes they do the same voice for different characters like they did it in the Pershing episode. So I thought it was literally just um, the voice actor. <clears throat> yes, I thought the same thing. And it wasn't Morty's voice, but then everybody started to sound like mm -hmm. Morty, like all the kids. They're like, ah, we're just doing cool teenage tricks. What tricks do you want to do? The rad ones? You know, they're just yeah. totally lame, just like exactly what he was. So it took a little bit to actually get it going. But obviously, once we get to the rally, Rick, who is Roy, kind of lays it down. And it's uh, it's just so funny. It's like, because every splintered personality has like one little aspect and like later on we'll get to yeah. the president and he's that like oh sorry i'm like the older and little bit uh racist uh, yeah it's racist and sexist that must have been such a fun voice acting assignment for i forget which one of them is which but to essentially be like you're gonna be morty but like a hundred different ways that is like one percent like a Jewish father, Morty, or like one percent like a teenage girl, Morty. And he would just get to do all those different voices. I want to say it's Dan Harmon. Um, not positive. Right. Um, but yeah, I can just imagine like just go in the booth and just go crazy and we'll just make the characters yeah. out of like the voices that you yeah. make. So the reason that we are in this predicament is that alien terrorists have invaded Blitz and Chips and the power went out while Morty was inside the game. So the game reset. And that's what happens when it resets when you're inside of it. It splinters your personality among the NPCs. So Rick had to go in behind him as Roy. And that is where we're at. I don't want to bucket the two storylines because we only have two storylines and it's very back and forth. So outside in real life, Summer pokes on Rick and it's just like, dude, alien terrorists are taking over. What do I do? And Rick's like, Honestly, Summer, I can't really help you. Time dilation is a real thing. I'm losing months out here. Just do a Die Hard. Yeah. Summer, for her part, has never seen Die Hard, which best line of the episode is neither did the people in Die Hard. So you're already doing great. Yeah, right. It's beautiful logic. <laughs> yeah. And she pretty much just runs off and just starts yelling Die Hard a lot. And we kind of there's a lot of back and forth between her and the main terrorist and it's beautiful because that's exactly what die hard was and the voice of the terrorist was it not peter dinklage yes okay confirmed yes I, he's Tyrion in my notes yeah yeah i i wanted to say mm -hmm. Tyrion, but peter dinklage yes peter <laughs> dinklage guest starring as john's gruber i guess if you want to call him just a dead on for the tower man if you want to call him yeah. that search the rest I want to see if anybody's doing a die hard and he knows all about it. We get that at the end, but I loved just, they're, they're having a very serious interrogation, trying to figure out where everybody is and trying to open mm -hmm. the, I don't know what they're trying to get. I forget, but you just hear a don't touch me in the background. And that's one of the games is don't touch me. And just <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, one yeah. of the, the, the fucking most ridiculous games. And they put <laughs> so much time and effort into making them ridiculous and just throwing them in there. 
So, yeah, we meet the terrorist. He executes the guy. They're looking for the safe. Then we flash back into the game of Roy, where this Marta character is kind of buying in and confronts her parents with the information and is immediately validated because she's like, Dad, we're a Jewish family. But like, tell me anything specific about our faith. And he calls he refers to a yarmulke as like a falafa fluten essentially. Yeah. And he's like, exactly. Like all of our Jewish terms are gibberish because you are one five billionth of a 14 year old boy who is non-denominational Christian. So <laughs> yeah, like Morty doesn't know about it in real life. So you don't know anything about it in, in this game. Yes. She's essentially made from Westworld. She's just the first one where it clicks and she starts running shit. So this is where we get the Roy christian rock band because all the npcs immediately their instinct is to make it a religion and they form like a christian rock band essentially and rick calls them out for doing that hey we gotta bump it up in the diversity department at which point a swat team comes in because they are doing religion the wrong way or something like that Mm -hmm. rick essentially gives up his roy he's like fuck it just shoot me at which point marta stands up and just completely mortys out with this guy breaks it down emotionally like oh geez man like you just want to jerk off and eat pizza and play video games oh geez and like everyone's all geez in and rick slash roy immediately identifies that this girl marta can be his number two yeah yeah and it escalates pretty quickly they get to a whole point where a lot of people are following marta and are gonna go onto the ship and just go out of here that way they can leave the game and but they can't do it because if they leave too much of morty behind then he's just going to be a fraction of himself so they need everybody um and eventually Martha just persuades everybody, but at the last second, <laughs> it's the like wall of monitors with all the world leaders. Yeah. <laughs> and the breaking point is where she's just like, all right, like before this becomes a thing, I will have my entire side come with you. If you just tell us right now that you love us and he pauses and the dude from Greece is just like, honestly, at this point, what's up with the pause, man? Yeah. Like, could you imagine if he did say he loves you? Like, it's still weird. What's with the pause? <laughs> like, shut up, monitor. But yeah. So right before that, we get like the news confirmation that Rick is holed up in like a mountainside base and we go in, he's mass producing uh, spaceships because his plan is to get all of the NPCs that are carrying one billionth of Morty into space, push the boundaries of the video game, at which point the video game will reset itself. And in theory, that should put Morty back into his body upon doing it. So that is the plan here. And that is when splinters in the ranks arise. Marta takes her loyalists away. Uh, the world leaders start a holy war. Uh, yeah, holy war. They called for that immediately. There was no escalation. Yeah. It was like the holiest of wars. Because they're all Mortys just like fucking around. Yeah. And uh, it goes into some crazy shit because Marta Morty immediately kind of goes against Roy slash Rick and Rick's trying to just gather everybody else. But now March is gathering people to go against him and not go on the ships. Um, and she basically like controls the world at this point. And she's like hunting down Rick and uh, Rick's like, dude, I don't even give a shit anymore. Like I'm trying to save you. <laughs> Getting back to the diehard stuff. Uh, Summer 
is slowly learning how to John McClane it up. Um, and she's actually starting to take out some of the terrorist agents who are now uh, breaking up and searching for her. Um, after she gets one, she gets the walkie talkie, you know, obviously just like a diehard. That's the main communication. <laughs> she immediately is just like, I don't even need to know diehard to know a walkie talkie is very diehard. Yeah. And I love the walkie talkies. They're super reminiscent of one piece. And the uh, yeah, the what I can't snail phones. What, yeah, I can't. I can't remember the real names right now. Um, but transponder snail. That's what it was. Yes. Um, these things. Yeah, they squeal when you speak into them. It's like hitting the button, and then they like let out a breath when you let go. Yeah, and it's just nonstop between this in- insane terrorist negotiation. It's just puts a weird tone over everything. And then Peter Dinklage is like incredible voice too it's it's such a crazy mixture so yes his whole character's thing is that he's a diehard enthusiast and he's written books on the subject and it's a universal truth that every sentient civilization will at one point create the same fictional narrative of the tower man of this diehard story it is like a tower terrorist versus a john mcclain like patriot character Uh, which I thought was just hilarious that he would like build a career around it. (laughs) And he's, he, is this when he brings out the Nakatomi paradigm for the first time? So he says that he's written a book. I don't think it's till the next scene um, where he's starting to. Oh yeah. Summer's like, if you love it so much, why don't you write a book about it? He's like, I have in fact written a few. And then in the next one, he's like reading it when she comes and like throws the walkie at them and (laughs) he's telling his agents like shoot higher. And they're like, well, we don't want to shoot the glass. And he's like, you don't have to follow exactly what did and did not happen in die hard. Like you can shoot the glass. It's fine. But eventually it gets to the point. Summer's taking everybody out. She, she has the line, like instead of yippee Kaye motherfucker, it was, Talky walkie motherfucker. Talky like talky die hard motherfucker. So after a little bit, the terrorist finally sees the Roy machine start to like flicker. And so it started kind of coming back on. And that's when he walks over and he sees on the Roy screen, Roy and Marta talking about getting out of the game and joining their sister and helping her do the die hard. Mm. And that's basically what the Mortys are split up in the civic relation. Like one daughter goes up and is like i want to get on the ship and help summer with a die hard and they're like you don't even know what that is um but that is how the terrorist gets summer to show herself you know he's got the bodies the unconscious bodies of rick and morty hostage right now yes however once summer does show herself It's kind of like this game between them where Tyrion has spent the entire time assuming that she does not know Die Hard and that she would not know to have a gun taped to the back. However, he left his book where she could grab it. So she skipped to the end and read it. While she was taking a dump. So that she, yes, while she was taking a dump so that she could know the end of Die Hard so that she did know to tape the gun to her back. And that kind of like... What would you even call it? Like a diversion from a diversion? Yeah. That did it for me. How she like came <laughs> around and was, just, I thought she was just going to like bullshit her way. But mm. the fact that she did actually use Die Hard to beat him after not knowing Die Hard because he was so confident that she didn't know Die Hard. 
Yeah, she'd be playing the shit out of him. It was pretty good. She, uh, that was the first question he asked when she shows herself and puts down her original gun. He's like, you don't have a gun taped to your back, do you? She's like, why would I have a gun taped to my back? And he's like, all right, so you don't know anything. We're good. Um, and then they get into the little conversation where she starts to chuckle and he's he's chuckling too. And Summer's like, what? Do they like have a moment where they kind of laugh and you don't really know why you're laughing, but you joined in the laughter? And he's like, as a matter of fact, they did. Um, and he's like, wait a second. <laughs> How do you know all their names? And she's like, oh, yeah, by the way, the big reveal is nice. And the the slow motion uh, grab was uh, the gun. And what what is she, does she say? Talky walky, motherfucker! As she's grabbing the so gun. So he says, he's like, oh, what was it when he thinks he has her? He's like, oh, yeah. what is it you said? Walkie talkie, motherfucker! Right? But he yeah. says it so weird, and she calls him out, and he's like, oh, just like in the movie when this is and this, and yeah. boom. Yeah, however, and she has the line great timing grandpa like you literally just got out right as i shoot the terrorist and how they get out of the game is because the second in command morty under marta brings marta's dad to the camp and over the years as marta's growing older so is the dad uh i think there's a morty that goes on the news and is like kind of given the background of everything that's happening is like people yes. are split the holy war is taking over Yes, we skipped around. We definitely disjointed the Rick and Roy stuff. So the news reporter came on and he actually says that everybody's living in peace and harmony because they're all NPCs unified under this idea of being Morty. And they all like the fact that they can just like jerk off and eat pizza and have video games. And the entire world is in unison. At that point is when Marta splits away because Rick won't say I love you. Holy war ensues. Then we get the stuff with the dad. Yes. So the dad is like at the base or whatever. And she's like mad that uh, actually we get the stuff with the president first. So we meet the NPC president. um, And the one thing that I liked about him was that he was self-aware before everybody else was self-aware, which means like the NPC president in the game of Roy is like actually a sentient dude. Is that how you interpreted that? No. Or did you just think that he was the first one to hear like Rick's thing? I think he like caught on early, like you're saying, but he's like, like, I kind of like it here. You know, I can do whatever I want. Why would I go back to being a 14 year old boy when I can do whatever I want here? Um, So he, uh, Rick or Roy even called him a parasite. He's like, I'm not going to waste my time on these people. Yeah. Um, And is this where we got into the, the 8%? He was like, whatever. Rick was about to go back and say, like, you know, fuck it. I got everybody but 8% of you, and I can I can work without 8%. Uh, no, because that's the next scene, because we pulled the trigger on the Holy War too quickly. So at the end of the conversation with the president, the president says something to the effect of, in the 50 years that Rick's been here, he still hasn't said I love you to any of the Morty NPCs even if it is simulated time. At that point, we have a one-on-one with Marta and Roy, which is where we get the 8% talk. So essentially what happens is while all the world leaders are on the monitor, Roy says that, hey, we have everybody on board except for 8%. And you know, fuck that 8%. 8% is expendable. 8% of the Snyder Cut was Batman having a dream, which I still haven't seen that. But if it's true... 
eight percent of pizza is crust was the other one yeah <laughs> at which point marta digs her heels in says that she refuses to go and then the world leaders are just like well hey if she's not going i don't want to go i trusted her and i was on the fence anyway Lots of all Jesus. And then Marta's like, all right, before this comes a thing, if you just say I love you to us right now, then we'll all go. We get the pause, et cetera, et cetera. Holy war. A holy war finally ensues. And in the end, we get another news report where the guy says, in the end, what does it matter? Everyone's Morty. Nobody wants to die. And that's a hell of a reason to kill yourself. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. Yeah, you can just see like the world is completely destroyed right now, totally at war. Uh, we get Marta aged up, um, eventually hunts down Roy trying to do something. And um, after kind of capturing him, she goes to see her dad, who unfortunately is getting sick at this point because the dad's super old. Yes. And she goes and talks to the dad. And dad's like, are we getting on the ship yet? And yeah. she's just like... No, I'm not going to lie to you. We're not getting on the ship. You are dying. And he's like, what the fuck? Why don't we get on the ship? I want to be 14 and jerk off and eat pizza. Like, uh, this is ridiculous. Um, and her dad dying right at the end. He He's getting his last breath out. And she's saying, like, save your energy. And he's like, no, I need to get out this last zinger. <laughs> needs um, to get the zinger. So I write the checkout, too. <laughs> <laughs> So um, him dying is what sends Marta to go to Roy and be like, I've given the order. The 8% is coming with you. Like you were right all along. And right when they do that is when Summer kills a villain terrorist. Yes. And that is where our two plots converge. So coming out of the video game, I didn't understand at all why they brought that one alien back to just eat. The Hans Gruber Tyrion character and fly away. I thought that went right over my head if it was funny or it was just objectively stupid. I couldn't tell you what it was. So there you (laughs) go. Um, But Rick, Morty, and Summer are all relatively safe. And Rick goes over and is just like, oh man, classic Tower Man, which is one of the different civilization terms, which I (laughs) thought was funny. Um, Almost too on the nose, if you ask me. But then we have Morty saying something like, oh, sure. I mean, whatever you say, Rick, I trust you implicitly. And that brings up a weird thing because it wasn't 100% of the Morty NPCs that made it out of the game. It was. A large fraction, yes, especially when Marta did give her support, but not every single one was there and probably something to the effect of between five and 10%, I could reasonably assume we're still on that planet. So, and that five to 10% was probably the five to 10% that hated Rick the most. So are we going to get a more obedient Morty? I don't know. I want to say (laughs) yes, but... I don't know if it's actually going to have a long-term effect. Uh, It was really funny how they just get the Roy machine and kind of put it in storage, like Indiana Jones style, like right at the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. Um, So that's going in deep storage. And along with that is, you know, some of the Mortys. Uh, I don't know if they're ever going to come back. I hope they do because the incest baby came back from like a few episodes from here to there in last season. I loved it, though. I mean, it's so cool. So funny. They've referenced 
and brought back the tiniest details before, like the Jerry at the Jerry Barry from last episode, how mm-hmm. he actually did get switched up. So who knows with this show, but absolutely love that they leave these things open-ended. Yeah, definitely. That I think you're probably right. I don't think it's going to have a lasting impact, but it's definitely something cool to ponder. And I think <laughs> kind of how they did this whole episode was pretty good it was certainly that classic rick and morty thing where they take like a sci-fi idea which would be like living inside a simulation and dissect it and do their rick and morty thing with it i think there wasn't really much to take emotionally like it wasn't really one of those like pulling on the heartstrings rick and morty episode but i guess that lends to like the tone that they were going for yeah i think it was more fan service to die hard and just a little goofy adventure for them. And shout out to Roy. Yeah, definitely shout out to Roy. And I guess if it is kind of like a quote unquote waste of an episode, like why not dive into Roy some more? Yeah, I don't know, man. The only things I had is did, did they need a portal to get to Bliss and Shits? Uh, and does that mean that poor the portal gun is back on in, in play? Or did they just use a spaceship to fly there? I don't really know. I would... I would say spaceship. I think no portal gun will be a running theme of this season. And I also think I read somewhere that the creators confirmed that we will be seeing the, what did we decide to call him? Evil Rick. Yeah. Rick. No, VR. Yeah. Villain Rick. I think they confirmed that that storyline will be seen again this season. So we do have more lore building coming up soon. Yeah. Yeah, and um, is Bliss and Shits okay? I mean, they, yeah, they dude, got pretty beat it up. It's got to, yeah, I hope it is. Uh, they still had the security and the guard staff to, like, move the video game, and they were asking for, like, a replacement and an upgrade. So, yeah, yeah they're licking their wounds. They'll be back. They'll be fine. Um, All right, out of time. What do you rate this one? Um, I thought it was enjoyable. Nothing crazy, so I'll give it, like, a six and a half, seven. Yeah, seven and a half, seven. Yeah, I mean, I would get, I, you know what, for the, just the details, the diehard, I'm going to give it a seven and a half, just the references. Sweet. And that is going to be our season six, episode two coverage of Rick and Morty. Uh, We're going to be covering Rick and Morty all season long. Hopefully we have our third to complete the trio next week for episode three. Uh, Once again, shout out producer Dave. If you like what you heard, give Finchtown TV a follow on Twitter and Instagram. Subscribe to our show on Spotify, the Apple Podcast app, or wherever else you may find your podcast. Once again, we are Binchtown TV, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.